Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're, we're raising world changers in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. So pastors, as, as y'all can tell, pastors are not here. Uh, they took some time off, and then they headed to Colorado to see Matt and Daisy. And so they ended up not getting the day off, and they're ministering at Echo Church this morning. Amen. So be praying for them that the word of God has, uh, you know, is not going to return void. It's going to accomplish that, what, it's, what he sent out to. And it always does, in the mighty name of Jesus. And so... I'm so honored and so humbled today. Uh, we're going to be continuing uh, our, the series on grace this morning. And uh, I just want to tell you that, is there any other announcements that I need to make? Oh, I do know this. Since y'all witnessed it, since Nita called me out up here, then I have free reign to put her on the spot too. <laughs> and I was actually already thinking about it. But we'll see. I may, I may get you to talk about Esther a little bit, so, so be thinking about that, okay? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't believe I ever had a greater knowing of the grace of God until, well, the, great, the greatest time until maybe like right now. But the other greatest time that I had a knowing and I say a knowing, I don't want to say a knowing about because with revelation, I have come to understand that grace is a person. And grace is the person of Jesus. And so I believe that besides now, I'm, I'm going to get this out. Y'all understand just a minute. My greatest knowing of the grace of God is when I gave my life to Jesus. Okay, because the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. And I was at my lowest point. I had already tried to do everything that I could do on my own and tried to accomplish everything I could on my own, and everything I touched failed. Y'all have heard me say before, I used to confess when somebody would ask me how I'm doing, I'm busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. Okay, and that's exactly what, what came to fruition in my life. And... I'm not saying God did this to me. But sometimes when you're hard-headed, like I was, not am, but was. Y'all get that? Uh, like I was, I and I had praying parents, and I had people praying for me. Actually, Nita didn't even know me, and she was already praying for her husband. Okay, people praying for me that I would come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that I would honor him, and that I would serve him. And so I come to this point that, you know what? I can't save myself. I can't prosper by myself. Everything I touch turns to manure. I could say something worse. And so, but I knew I was raised in a Christian family. And I, I knew, I, this is what I used to tell my dad. Me and God got a deal worked out. How many of you ever said that? You know, me and Jesus, we got this thing worked out. I can do this. We're me and, me, and, me and Jesus are good. Let me tell you what. There is no dealing 
with Jesus. I didn't die on the cross, he did, okay? He died on the cross. And so the Bible says that no man can come unto him except by Jesus, can come unto God except by Jesus, okay? So he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And so there's no other way to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus except by Jesus himself, okay? And so at that time, I had a great understanding or knowing of the grace of God because I knew that I did not get saved by myself. But then somewhere along the way, Somewhere along the way, I'm a believer. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I became performance-minded. And I started to trying to gain everything that I saw in the promises of God, every promise of God. I would try to make that happen. And whenever you try to make something happen like that, you're bound to make a fleshly decision or make a decision out of the arm of the flesh, like Abraham did, okay? Abraham, he, God had already told him, I'm gonna make you a father of many nations. You know your descendants are gonna be numbered with the stars and with the sand. And then what did Abraham have to do? He looked at his wife and he went, oh, she was old, okay? He looked at himself, he was old and so, he said, you know what? I got to help God out a little bit. Get Hagar. And let's go into her and I'll have a son by her. Well, he did. And that son was a product or he was, he, he was a promise, not a promise, but he was something that was produced out of the arm of the flesh. It was not the promised child. It was not the promised son. And so we're still dealing with Ishmael today, okay? We're still dealing with Ishmael today. But finally, they came around. You know, we talk about Abraham as being the father of faith, but yet he didn't always do everything right. So how do we expect that we're going to do everything right? What happened? He repented, and, uh, and him and Sarai got on the right page, and you know what? They had a child. Against all odds, the Bible says against hope, they believed in hope, okay? And so I knew that I couldn't do this by myself, and so I had this great understanding, but I started trying to produce the, produce the promises of God through the arm of the flesh. And when I'd done that, it brought anxiety, and it brought depression, it brought suicidal thoughts, it, it brought thoughts of, I, I can't, I'm not ever going to be able to measure up. Because I was trying to do it on my own because, you know, I have to do everything right. How many of you ever have thought that you have to, like, do everything right in order for God to be good to you? Everybody in the room should raise their hand. God's not good to us because we're good. God is good to us because he's good. Amen? And you say, well, uh, well, what about the way I'm acting? Look, we receive the grace of God with everything that God has offered. We receive it by faith. We receive it by faith. And so 
It's the same thing with the grace of God. We receive the grace of God by faith. Okay, so we're going to get into some things here. We're going to get into something, some revelation that God has showed Nita and I from many years ago. Many, many years. Some of y'all have heard me teach on it before. But it's something called fog. Have y'all heard us teach about it before? Fog is the favor of God. The favor of God. Okay. So, first of all, we have to go through some definitions that Pastor has been talking about. And the theme definition of the word of grace is their definition, Pastor Zona's definition that God showed her. God's divine, uh, God's divine influence upon our hearts and its reflection in our lives. Another definition that I believe you've heard is the definition, I believe it comes from Brother Kenneth Copeland. He sees the grace of God this way. God's overwhelming desire to treat mankind as if they've never sinned. Then I have a couple of more definitions, but I, I remembered my thought that the Lord was leading me in a while ago. You say, well, how, how do I be good then? You see, it's our, it's our behavior that can cause us to have a sin consciousness. And so a sin consciousness will keep us from receiving everything that God has for us. God's not holding back on us. And I heard a preacher say one time, the essential Christian message is not to behave, but to behold. Because if we're looking at him, y'all have heard me say this before, if we're continually looking in the face of Jesus, then we're not going to stray to this side, we're not going to stray to this side. Okay? We're going to keep following Jesus. And if we're following Jesus, then it's going to be his influence that's influencing our heart. And if he's influencing our heart, he's not going to lead us into sin. Is that right? Okay, so if we're not being led into sin, then we're not going to have a sin consciousness and our hearts will be ready to receive everything that comes from the Father himself. He says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. My voice is a little strained because of the volleyball game yesterday, okay? But I promise you, I'm not going to hold back. Glory to God. The next, uh, the next uh, definition is one that Nita and I, uh, we put to work in our life all the time. And it's based out of the scripture in Titus. I don't know exactly which, which one it is, but it's... Uh, Babe, what, what is that definition? I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah. Right. So the grace of God empowers me. It's God's power operating in me to help me do with ease what I can't do on my own or what I couldn't do on my own. So it's God's empowerment. Titus says, teaching us to live godly 
and holy. It says the grace of God has appeared to all men. So does that mean all? That means all, right? Teaching us to live holy and to live godly. Okay, so grace does not teach us that we can just sin and keep on sinning and keep on sinning and keep on sinning. Okay? No, the grace of God, so a lot of people say, well, the grace is just a license to sin. No, it's not. Grace of God is an empowerment to give you the power to overcome sin. Okay? That's what it's talking about whenever Paul said, I have these thorns in my flesh, and the Lord told him, said, no, my grace is sufficient. Okay? My grace is enough for you to overpower that thorn that is in your flesh. I'm not going to get in an argument about what the thorn was. I don't care. If God said his grace was sufficient, I don't care if it was eyesight, whatever it was, I don't, I don't even care. But if God said his grace is sufficient, then that means his grace is sufficient for us to overpower that. Man, I have a long ways to go, so I got I to quit getting on these rabbit trails. Glory to God. So, Nita, Nita and I, we received a revelation of the favor of God. And it's found, actually, it's on our confessions that we confess every morning uh, and up here on Sunday mornings. And it's found in Psalm 5, verse number 12. And I don't know if they can pop that up there, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. And the confession that we make is, for favor of God surrounds us as a shield. And Psalm 512 says this, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. And so our confession is and what we say and what we declare, we're going to be declaring some things today. Okay, because we declare a thing and a decree a thing and so it will be established in our life. And so we want to make sure we, we're declaring what God has showed us. And Nita and I say we get up in the mornings and, you know, we don't do it every morning. But I, de- I, I, I declared a long time ago that I walk in a continual state of God's favor. So if I declare that, I walk in a continual state of God's favor, then you know what? I'm going to walk in that favor. His favor goes before us as a shield and makes a way where there seems to be no way. He, he causes roadways to be built in the wilderness. He causes the high places to come low and the low places to come high. Amen? So he makes streams in the desert for us. That's what the favor of God does, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. What? So, so the, another definition that we're going to be talking about today is we all know the definition that favor is God's unmerited favor. It's God's unmerited favor. We can't do anything to earn it. What we have to do, we just have to receive it by faith. And so we're going to be talking about God's unmerited favor. And we're going to be talking about 10 benefits or 10 things that the grace of God has made available to every believer. And, some of the, and most of these things are going to be out of the Old Testament. But how many of you know that we have a better covenant based on better promises? And so if we see it in the Old Testament, then we can walk in it in the New Testament at even greater heights and greater levels. So here we go. Are you all ready for this? Are you sure? Because we're going to shout in a little while. We're going to declare. I know y'all got to start participating in this stuff. Amen? 
We don't want to be sitting on the sideline. We want to declare some things so that our lives can be changed and they will be changed in the name of Jesus. Genesis 39:21. So the ver- the first benefit or things that grace makes available, favor produces supernatural increase and promotion. Y'all have that verse up there? Genesis, y'all go ahead and turn there in case they're not able to get that. Genesis 39, verse number 21. Y'all let me know if it pops up there. Is it there? All right, here we go. But the Lord was with Joseph. So we can see in the first part of that chapter that we always see that Joseph was successful for what reason? Does anybody know? Because God was with him. So we always say Joseph was a successful person because God is with him, with him okay? Everybody say this with me. Say, I am a successful person because God is with me. Okay, because you're, you've been, if you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are righteous because of what Jesus paid for. We're not righteous because of our own works. Okay, are y'all with me on this? So we, we can confess this stuff. I don't want you to start confessing something that you think is wrong. No, this is right. You've received Jesus. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Then you and I are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we can stand before God as clean as Jesus Christ is himself. Amen? You see, if you don't get that, then you're not going to get the rest of it. I don't care how you're acting right now. Jesus doesn't care how you're acting right now. If you will get a revelation that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, your behavior will change. Amen? Man, I feel the anointing up here. Jesus. But the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him what? Favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So we know that in that chapter that Joseph was sold into slavery by his family, his brothers, and, and he was sold into slavery and Potiphar bought him and he served in Potiphar's house and he was successful in Potiphar's house and so he made great, uh, he let him be over most all his stuff in his house, okay? But Potiphar's wife kind of fancied Joseph. But Joseph wouldn't have nothing to do with her. Okay, because why? God was with him. He didn't want to do anything to hurt God. So God, God was with him. And, and, so the, and so Potiphar's wife lied about Joseph. And that's what put Joseph in prison. Okay? But he found favor in the sight of the prison keepers. And he was successful even in prison. Okay, so I don't care what you're bound by right now. God calls you a successful person because why? His favor is upon you. So right in the midst of you feeling bound and like you're in prison, you, God wants to favor you and he has favored you. Okay, so that was number one. Favor produces supernatural increase and promotion. Everywhere Joseph went, the favor of God was on him and God 
promoted him each and every time. Number two, favor produces restoration of everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Y'all should say amen to that. You know, we're going into the enemy's camp and we're going to take back everything that the enemy has stolen from us. That means our health. That means our finances. That means our relationships. That means each and everything that the enemy has tried to steal from us. You know what? No, we're taking it back in the name of Jesus. Favor produces restoration of everything that the enemy has stolen from you. Exodus 3, 21. These are, these are not in any kind of order, Okay. Exodus 3, 21. Can y'all get that up there? The story starts off, you know the story about Moses and the burning bush, right? That would be enough to freak anybody out. A bush that's burning and it doesn't burn all the way up. Listen to this. And, and God is giving Moses instructions on how he's going to deliver Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. And Moses is basically feeling inferior. How many of you ever felt inferior? Okay. And God basically, I'm paraphrasing this, God said, and Moses said, well, what am I, who am I going to tell them that you are? And he just says, I am. And he said, well, what do you mean about that? No, 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 you just tell them, I am that I am has sent you. Okay, and then listen, and then then after that, this is what he says. He said, I'm going to deliver the people, and I will give this people, talking about the children of Israel, we've been grafted into that. We are heirs and joint heirs. And I will give this people favor in the sight of, of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. The Bible says that the Egyptians, I mean, the, the Israelites, whenever they left, they left Egypt with the wealth of Egypt. They left with all that. God said, you know what, you're not, you, you done been a slave for this long a time. No way, no way are you going to leave that bondage that I'm going to have you go out and not have your hands full. Amen. The Bible says that when they're in the wilderness, that their shoes didn't wear out, their clothes didn't wear out, they had shade by day, and they had fire by night to keep them warm, okay? Y'all getting anything out of this? This stuff is stirring me up again because these 10 benefits of the favor of God, Nina and I knew about them a long time ago, but sometimes, listen, Sometimes we get a revelation. This is the one thing that the enemy will really keep you like under his thumb about. Is you get a revelation of something and then you just put it on a back burner or a back shelf and you forget about it. Let me tell you what, revelation that you have forgot about is not going to do you any good. Let me tell you what, we got to keep it before us. No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God favors me and I walk in the continual state of God's favor and he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Number three, favor produces honor. This is going to be Exodus uh, 11.3. Favor produces honor in the midst of your adversaries. Favor produces honor in the midst of your adversaries. Exodus 11.3. 
And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses, uh, oh, is that the one we just did? No, no, no. And was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And so, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So, the Egyptians were the Israelites' uh, adversary. They had them in bondage. But you know what? Whenever Moses started saying, no, you're going to let my people go, they started getting in line. We know that they had to go through all the plagues and all that. So favor produces honor in the midst of our adversaries. In other words, they gave Moses a voice. How many of you ever had a voice in the midst of your adversaries? Let me tell you what. Oh, geez, I feel the anointing. There's things going on in our country right now. You say, I don't have a voice. No, 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 no. The favor of God rests upon you. The favor of God's about to make a place for you in the presence of your enemies. And he's going to give you a voice right in the midst of your adversary. We're starting to see it. Our school boards, all school board meetings all over this country right now. Amen. The parents are getting a voice. The righteous have a voice. And God is opening a door for them to come in and speak the truth about God's word. There's enough of the enemy having their voice. No, no, no. no we need to shut the mouths of the lion right now in the name of Jesus and, and tell them, uh, tell that devil he can't have our kids right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's time for us to take a stand. Number four. Favor produces assets, especially in the area of real estate. And this is Deuteronomy 33, 23. Deuteronomy 33, 23. I want you all to write these down because you're going to need to go back to them. You say, well, I don't have no land to build my house. Well, sorry, get a scripture. Amen? Get a scripture. Come on, guys, we got to be faster with this stuff up here. Thank you, G. We got a long ways to go. I give y'all Deuteronomy 33 23. Is that up there? Okay. And of Nap. Uh, Naphtali, which is, a, which is a tribe of Israel, he said, oh, Naphtali, this is God talking to him, satisfied with what? Favor, the favor of God that surrounds us as a shield. And, f- and full with the blessing of the Lord, possess thou the west and the south. Amen? We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's time for us to possess the land in Jesus' name. Number number five. Number five. This is going to be Joshua eleven twenty. Joshua eleven twenty. I'm trying to give you some time so you can write this stuff down. Favor produces great victories in the midst of great impossibilities. Joshua eleven twenty. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly and that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded 
Moses. And so the, he caused the enemy, listen to this. He hardened the enemy's heart to come up against them and the enemy had no favor. So who had the favor? The children of Israel, right? They had the favor. And so right in the midst of a great battle or great impossibilities. Listen, come on, y'all gotta get this word. Right in the midst of great battles and great impossibilities will be your greatest victories. And the Bible says to go on after in those verses that, 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 uh, that Joshua had great victories in all those battles, okay? So favor produces great victories in the midst of the greatest battles. You know, I've heard people say before, how are we going to conquer anything if we, don't, if we don't have something going on in our life that we have to conquer? How can we be more than conquerors if we don't have something going on in our life? Amen? I believe that there are things going on in our life that if we will allow the power of God, the anointing of God to work in us with ease what we couldn't do on our own, we're going to see the greatest victories in our lives. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes the pit that you're in is just to get you to the palace. Ask Joseph about that. They threw him in a pit. But you know what? It got him to the palace. Why? Because God was with him. The favor of God followed him and surrounded him as a shield everywhere he went. It didn't matter if he's in the pit. It didn't matter if he was in Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar's house. It didn't matter if he's in prison. It didn't matter if he was with Pharaoh. God always showed him favor. Amen. No, let's see. Number six, favor produces recognition even when you seem least likely to receive it. 1 Samuel 16, 22. 1 Samuel 16, I know I'm having y'all turn to a lot of scripture, but it's well worth it. We got to have something to back this stuff up with, right? And what better to back it up than the word of God? First Samuel 16, 22. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I think I got it right here. 1 Samuel 16. Then Saul sent to Jesse saying, please let David stand before me for he has found favor in my sight. Y'all see that? Saul said, hey, send David to me. But get this. This is what's amazing about this story. David, I don't know how long it was before, but it's in the same chapter, so it must have been pretty quick. David was out in the field tending the sheep. Okay? 
He was out in the field tending sheep. And then Samuel came and looked at all of Jesse's brothers because one of them was going to be anointed as king. Are y'all with me? But none of them, God said none of them were the king. Not going to anoint none of them. Samuel asked Jesse, hey, is there, do you have another son? Well, yeah, but he's, he's a nobody. I know I'm paraphrasing. He's a nobody. How many of you ever felt like a nobody? I have. He's out in the field. He's just, he's just tending the sheep. No, 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 call him. And when Samuel, it is Samuel, right? I'm getting this right? Okay. Samuel seen David and he said, no, there's, there's, the, there's the one. But he didn't look like a king. Didn't look like it. So Samuel anointed him. Now he wasn't ready to be king. But the reason why, listen to this. So David went from the field to being, playing a harp or being an armor bearer for Saul, who was king. It seems like it was just like that. I don't know how long it actually takes, but it's in the same chapter. So it must have been pretty quick, okay? It must have been pretty quick. So he went from, he went from playing, listen, this is so good. He went from tending the sheep and he got anointed as king. I bet David didn't even know what was going on. And, and then all of a sudden, now Saul is calling for somebody to come give him some peace. And so they say, and his helpers say, hey, well, we know somebody, David, who plays a harp, and we know God's with him, and we believe he can bring you some peace. So what happened as soon as David was anointed king, the anointing for Saul to be king be, began to lift and he began to be tormented with an evil spirit. Listen to this. He's anointed king. Now only the favor of God can do this because the, the favor of God will order the righteous footsteps. Order his footsteps to be hit out, tending sheep to be called to be anointed king. And then it seems like just a matter, I don't know how long it was, but it was pretty quick. All of a sudden now he's in the presence of King Saul, who's he's gonna take his place. Helping him bring peace because the anointing of God had left Saul. There's a lot more teaching on that that we can't get to, but it, it gives us the favor of God Favor produces recognition even when you seem the least likely to receive it. Number seven, this is going to be in Esther 2, verse number 17. I'm going to have to read it? Okay. Okay, so go to, go to Esther. Have you got it there already? Uh, I'm trying to sing that song in my head. You know, the one that King's kids. 
King's kids sing? <laughs> huh? You got it? Come on up here. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. I told you. <laughs> you're going to have, this is where you're going to, I believe you're going to have some input. So, so Esther 2, verse number, verse number 17. And it says, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashi. Favor, listen to this, y'all need to write this down. Favor produces preeminence and preferential treatment. Esther should not have been there. But God made a way where there seems to be no way. The favor of God produces preeminence and preferential treatment. We see here that the king loved Esther more than any other women. Okay? Verse number, I mean, number eight. Okay, go ahead. I told y'all. Okay, no, I'm going to speak to the women here. Did you see God uses a woman? So I'm going to just say, we as women, God has put favor on our life. So don't let anybody try to shut you up. Don't let anybody, I mean, that's a, that's a thorn, in, talk about thorn in the flesh. That's a thorn in the flesh with, for me because God created women. We have a voice. We can touch people that men can't touch. And it's nothing against men whatsoever. But God has anointed, God anointed Esther to free the Jews. God used a woman. So never, ever, ever let anybody tell you that you, you don't have a voice. You have a voice. God has given us a voice. I'm using my voice right now. There's other denominations that say women can't preach. I'm proving them wrong right now. We can preach. We have a message. This word of God is for men and women. So you shouldn't have given me the mic. Well, I mean, just really, really think about it. Where would the gospel be without women? Where would it be? Where would Jesus be without a virgin saying yes to what God had called her to do? Amen? So Nita walks by my side, not underneath my feet. And she has great favor in this king's eyes. Amen? All right, praise God. Number eight, favor produces petitions granted even by ungodly and civil authorities. Is this 5-8? Okay. So Esther 5-8, listen to this. This is Esther talking to the king. If I have found favor in thy sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet, which I will be prepared before them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So y'all know the plot against Mordecai and the Hebrew, right? The Hebrew children. So y'all know the plan against that. And Esther was really not who she said she was, okay? And so she came before the king. She had favor in the king's eyes. And 
Favor produces petitions granted by ungodly and civil authorities. And so the authority, listen, the civil authority that was in rule was evil. It was evil. But what happened? But what happened? She found favor in the sight of that ungodly civil authority. And it changed the rules and regulations of that day. Amen? Go ahead. You got anything about that? So wait, I got the microphone. Megan's mic. So what you're saying is we have favor with ungodly civil authority. Absolutely. Are we not living in that right now? Come on. We have, everybody say that with me. We have we have favor, favor with ungodly with ungodly civil authority and civil authority and if that means we have a voice and we have the voice of God and God's word when we speak God's word God backs us up and the angels back us up we can stand up against uncivil ungodly authority number 9 and this is going to be found in Esther 8:5 favor causes policies Rules, regulations, and laws to be changed and reversed to your advantage. Okay, so when Esther came, what's the name of the king? I can't remember the name of the king, but Xerxes or something like that. So when she came before the king, even though, even though she had found favor in his eyes, it was still against the law for a woman to come into that place and talk to the king and have conversation. So whenever, y'all need to watch the movie Esther. Whenever Esther walked in there, Mordecai had already told her, look, you're going to have to go do this. Because if you don't, who knows what's going to happen to us. And who's to know that Maybe you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Who's to know if Nita has been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? Who's to know if Lori has been called into the kingdom for such a time as this? Who's to know if each and every one of you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this whenever there's ungodly civil authority in rule right now? Because God has given you favor, and so he's given you a voice in the name of Jesus. And your voice can never be made louder and heard louder than in the voting booth. Amen? It's time for us to stand up for our righteous indignation. And, and let, let me tell you what. The body of Christ is the most powerful force upon the planet. If the body of Christ would get together and get into agreement with a biblical worldview, then let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. The favor of God would flow over this nation like never before. Amen. Let me tell you what. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and walk in that favor no matter what's going on because whether it's in feast, whether it's in famine, Nita and I, we're going to prosper in everything that we put our hands to. Why? Because the favor of God surrounds us as a shield and follow us wherever we go in Jesus' name. And you need to declare that over your life in Jesus' name. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Absolutely. So that's why the favor is there because we're serving the Lord. Amen. No, so, so we're on number 10, right? Esther 8, 5. Number 9, Esther 8, 5. 
and said, if it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, uh, and this thing seems right to the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman, the son of the Hamanites, and uh, Ag- Agite, which he wrote to the, to the Jews who are in all the king's provinces. So Haman, listen to this. Haman was plotting to hang Mordecai, and they were going to have a they were going to have a feast. But you know what happened? Haman ended up getting hung on his own gallows. Your enemy is about to get ready to be hung on his own gallows. Amen. Whether it be lack, whatever your enemy is, your enemy is anything that is anything that mocks God's redemptive testimony in your life. So don't let the enemy mock you anymore. Amen? Say, no, you're about to be hung on your own gallows. The trap you set for me, the snare you set for me, you're going to fall in that same trap and that same snare right now in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you what, y'all need to take this prophetically because this stuff is not in any of my notes. Amen? And Nita's getting me fired up up here. Number 10. Favor produces battles won which you won't even have to fight because God will fight them for you. This is how I fight my battles. Amen. Praise. This is how I fight it. I praise God and he fights my battles. Amen. Psalm, Psalm 44 verse 3 says this. For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. Listen to this, by their own sword. Is this grace in operation? Is this the favor of God in operation? Amen. Nor did their own arm save them. It's time to quit depending on our own arm of the flesh. Amen. Trying to do things the way we think they ought to do that we know better than God. Let me tell you what. It's why Nita, I mean, Nita was tithing, tithing way before I was and sowing seed into the kingdom of God. I'm like, I finally figured out, you know what? God knows how to do this a lot better than me. I think I'm just going to go ahead and let him take care of it. Nor did their own arm uh, save them, but it was your right hand. Let me tell you what, God's right hand his right, is not short to deliver. But it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. Amen. The favor of God surrounds me as a shield, follows me wherever I go. Amen. And then here's, y'all know the story about David and Goliath. Y'all about ready to shout? So David was anointed king. He come up against Goliath. But when he got there, Saul said, you know what? Who are you? You're just a youth. You're just a puny little pimp squeak. You're just a heart player. But he had come to bring food for his brothers for this battle because Goliath had been up there mocking the armies of the living God. Up there shouting. Our enemies are shouting at us right now. Our enemies of lack, debt, unbelief, unforgiveness, whatever it is, they're shouting at us. And until it's time for us to shout back. Amen. So David, they said, well, okay, they finally said, well, I'll tell you what got David stirred up. He said, well, what's going to happen to the man that slays this giant? He said, well, you're going to get a wife, and you're going to get riches. And, all. and so David kind of perked up a little bit, okay? 
That made it. That made it a little more. And he didn't have to pay taxes. Yeah, and he didn't have to pay. Yeah, he didn't have to pay taxes. Man, Not that was worth it right there. Else. I'll go up against Goliath. I ain't got to pay no taxes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But and then Saul said, "Well, here, put my armor on." And Nita taught a message on Thursday. God gives you grace to run your race. So he put the armor on and said, you know what, I, I can't do this. This is not my anointing. This is not how I do things. This is not how God has given me the strength to take care of things. You know what, I just think I'm just going to do this the way God has showed me how to do it. And he took the armor off. And so as he's going out, listen to this. As he's going out to face Goliath, and Goliath is shouting at him, saying, you little pimp squeak, who are you to send this little pimp squeak against me, this big man, and this, what are you doing? This is not even going to be a challenge. What happened? David started remembering how he slew the lion and the bear. I can just imagine how he's imagining these things in his head. And he comes to the brook, and I believe it was the brook Besor. I can't prove that, but he came to the, he came to the brook, and he picked up five smooth stones on his way to slay Goliath. Five is the number of grace. There's a lot of reasons why I think uh, theologians, they think that there was five smooth stones, and I've never heard any of them talk about this before. They say, well, Goliath had four brothers, so it was one for Goliath, and the other four were for the other brothers. I don't know about that, but all I know is five represents the number of grace. And so as he's going, he's remembering, you know what? God has been with me. He's caused me to have success in these areas helping me do things that I couldn't do on my own, the power, his power working in me. I believe I'll just pick up some of God's grace, some of his favor as I'm crossing the brook on my way to slay Goliath. And he got over there and he said, he said, you know what? You're defying the armies of the living God. Who are you to be defying the armies of the living God? Today, I'm going to feed your head to the birds of the air. To this day, I don't believe David could have done that, done that in his own ability, in his own accord. He stopped and he remembered the grace of God and the favor of God. And he picked up five smooth stones. I believe that's what that represents. In the brook, we know that's a place of cooling and a place, and a place of refreshing. Brook, Besor, I don't know if this is a brook or not, so don't be sending any kind of message about that. I don't know. But brook Besor means it's a cool drink of water refreshing so he stopped there and he picked up those five smooth stones and he slew Goliath right there amen thank you Jesus let's pray if y'all would just stand up real quick thank you Jesus don't go nowhere babe thank you Lord declare today I walk in a continual state of God's favor Okay, now, now let's say it to where it'll make a demon tremble. I continually walk in a state of God's favor. God's favor changes rules and regulations for me. It makes a seat for me in the presence of my enemies. It makes the crooked way straight. It makes streams in the desert. 
It causes water to come out of the rock for me. You got some more there, babe? All right. Let's go through them. Favor produces supernatural increase and promotion for me. Favor produces supernatural increase and promotion for me. Favor produces restoration. Favor produces restoration. Of everything. Of everything. That the enemy has stolen from me. That the enemy has stolen from me. Favor. Favor. Produces honor. Produces honor. In the midst of my adversaries. In the midst of my adversaries. Favor. Favor. Produces increased assets. Produces increased assets. Especially in the area of real estate. Especially in the area of real estate. Favor. Favor. Produces great victories. Produces great victories. In the midst of great impossibilities. In the great of impossibilities. Favor. Favor. Produces recognition. Produces recognition. Even when I seem. Even when I seem. The least likely to receive the it. The least likely to receive it. Favor. Favor. Produces. Prominence. Prominence. And preferential treatment. And preferential treatment. Favor. Favor. Produces petitions. Petitions. Granted. Granted. Even by ungodly. Even by ungodly. Civil authorities. Civil authorities. Favor. Favor. Causes policies. Causes policies. Rules. Rules. Regulations. Regulations. And laws. And laws. To be changed. To be changed. And reversed. And reversed. To our advantage. To our advantage. Favor. Favor. Produces battles won. Produces battles won. Which we won't even fight. Which we won't even fight. Because God's going to fight them for us. Because God's going to fight them for us. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So before we leave this morning, I want you to say it real loud. I declare, I declare that I am, because of the shed blood of Jesus, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, when we close, Nita and I will be here. We will pray for you. We will lay hands on you. We are believers. We will lay hands on the sick, and you will recover in the name of Jesus. But you know what? We're all blessed, and we're walking in the favor of God. We love y'all, and we pray for y'all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.